Michael Monroe fan since I first heard you in 1987 and um, the the music that you have put out as a solo artist and with Henry Rocks was uh, a big part of the soundtrack of my youth and growing up and your music was there for me all those years and it still is and I it's an honor to talk to you today. Oh thank you appreciate it likewise thank you so much that's great to hear man. Cool. Well, I have to tell you, happy, very belated birthday. Thank you. I wish I could have told you on your birthday. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's better late than never. It's always cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. It's nothing. 60 is nothing. Alice Cooper said when we were opening for Alice last summer, I said, Michael, I'm 75. 60 is nothing. And it still feels better than ever. And, and I must say, his show was better than, than never. <laughs> you know, it's great. It's good to be, um, you know, I'm happy to be alive. Well, you know, you talked about Alice Cooper. Alice is putting on some of the best shows he's put on. Just in the past 10 years, he's put on yeah. some of the best shows he's ever put on. I agree. Absolutely, 100%. That's true. So better with age, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I thought was so awesome, because and it always, yeah, the, to me, it's a total Michael Monroe move, is that for your birthday, you gave the fans a present, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I can't even begin to imagine how exhausted you were after a long show. I mean, you had the, you had the Michael Monroe set, you had the demolition 23 set, you had um, like the new Hanoi. Yeah. The uh, new Hanoi, which was like, un, I mean, like, were you exhausted at the end of that show? Well, I was actually, I was tired, but I was happy because uh, it, it all went so well. So I was on a high, like, you know, that's one of my, one of the best moments in life is after a show, when you get off stage and you've done a great show and you've tried your best and you, you've been on that higher ground and, and the guys like my, like my band, you know, we was the best of friends and we all, that moment, it's a, it's a, it's like a sacred moment after the show. It's like, wow. And, and you're on a natural high. So I was just, I mean, 37 songs, it's a lot. And, and I was just glad that my voice held up and it all went so well. And it was like, bang, bang, bang. And it was like nothing, no, there was no big, uh, the one, the only one that, there was a technical problem with Nasty's guitar in the beginning of Million Miles Away. So the yes. intro was, so there was like, uh, and somebody thought, I think some reviewer said that, oh yeah, that, that, that Andy had screwed up. It wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't Andy. It was, it was Nasty guitar wasn't ready for, the riff when after the first round of piano so that was i was like what's happening and i was oh the the rodeo said oh the guitar wasn't ready i was like oh shit but you know then we recovered and it was okay but i mean so many things that could have gone wrong it, it, it was like it was just really a great magical night and uh felt great and i was like yeah so the original Hanoi. So are you happy now? Because <laughs> everybody's always talking about. So, and I had such. I was on such a high that I was. I was. I was. I felt great. You know, afterwards, I, I wasn't like exhausted. I was just like I was fantastic. I was just so happy. So, you know, I didn't feel the tiredness for for a long time. You know, you know, because what was so interesting, well, like what I thought was so powerful was that, like, even all the way over here you know, in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm watching that show on YouTube. Uh -huh. Even from here, I could feel just the energy and the the love. And like, I mean, I had goosebumps when you guys kicked into tragedy as the first song. And I was like, God, I can't even imagine what it must feel like to be there because, you know, again, and maybe it's just because, you know, Hanoi's music means a lot to me, but it was there 
and in such an intense way that I could feel it just watching it on YouTube. Um, like the audience reaction was incredible. Yeah, it, it was, it was like you said, that's, that's the way I felt. I felt the same. I was just like, and they packed, I mean, it was already selling really well. And, uh, it was going to be my, just my birthday gig. And then when the word got out with, uh, about when we decided to announce the Hanoi, when, when we decided to do it and, uh, it just came together naturally. It wasn't like planned. Uh, I just realized that at one point that wait a minute, Nash is going to be there, and Sammy's, Sammy is going to be there, and then <laughs> Jeep Casino. I was going to have Jeep come up and do um, uh, uh, the uh, Casino Steel, uh, you know, from the boys, the keyboard player, right? Did the the great albums with uh, Gary Holton and uh, when the heavy metal kids, Gary Holton and Casino Steel. That first album, especially with the, that they made, had that song Jimmy Brown that I covered on my What You Want album. So mm -hmm. I was going to have, I I ran into Jeep Casino in December and uh, last, I mean, the year before. And uh, they, uh, we decided, I mean, I, I, he was such a nice guy and we had such a great friendship. And I thought, you know, I want to invite him to that gig. And uh, we were going to do Jimmy Brown with me and Casino Steel singing and Jeep uh, playing the drums because his name was from Casino Steel because he was such mm -hmm. a big fan. That was a story. But then Andy called me <laughs> one day. He says, Uh-oh. <laughs> he he's like, hey, man, you know, I, mean, I heard you got, I didn't see the ad. Somebody told me I have a 60th birthday gig uh, that concert that, uh, you know, if if uh, I have these world tours coming up, uh, but if I have time, I might I might come up and play tragedy. I was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. Oh, whatever. All right. Well, fine. So he invited himself, so to speak. <laughs> but then I started thinking, like, wait a minute, if he would be there, and all the Jeep Jeep Casino is going to be there. I said, wait a minute, okay. I changed my mind about the Jimmy Brown song. I thought, you know, I'm going to save Jeep till the end. Are we going to do? I, you know, I had this idea, and I, I talked to everybody, and and uh, we, it was going to be a surprise at first, and uh, then uh, and everybody said, yeah, let's do a nice surprise. You know, the original lineup of Hanoi. This would be the 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 first time I even considered it, and I thought, yeah, well, we're all alive and still here, and uh, who knows what's going to happen? And you know, you never know if it's uh, even possible anymore. Next year, uh, you know, it would, something might happen tomorrow, and you know, we're still here, and why not? Yeah, that would be so cool. That'd be so so cool to see what what would happen. I I mean, I got chills thinking about it. Mm -hmm. just, just for us to meet, even the the five of us to be in the same place uh, after 40, 40 years, and and Jeep Casino had not even looked at the drums for forty. He hadn't played the drums at all for forty years. So that was really brave of him to to step in and and just like I mean, he played some guitar and he's been doing totally different kinds of things, you know uh in you know to, in his life so he was really brave to come in and 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 his style of drumming I mean, that's really it's so so very different from from Razzle and for yeah. most it was it was great for for Hanoi for because he has that kind of Charlie Watts type of style which is so far from, from any heavy metal or you know no double bass drums or anything like that and uh he's just like really really reminded me of what a what a cool style he had and uh so, uh, you know, then I was talking with Sammy. Sammy said, are you sure you not want to announce it ahead of time? There's going to be a surprise. The fans are going to be pissed. Said, You're right. <laughs> People don't know this is going to happen. <laughs> They're going to be pissed. <laughs> so we decided, okay, let's do this press conference, go to Tavastia Club in Helsinki, where we, we started with Hanoi and uh, mm -hmm. get back to the roots. And uh, that day we went, we, we met for the first time. I was like, wow. Uh, all five of us in the same. We we went. We took some uh, photos first. Did like a like a promo shot, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, and then we went to we did that uh, press conference, which was funny. <laughs> it was fun and uh, uh, and all. And uh, then you know, playing. We had two rehearsals. That's all. You know, with with this lineup and uh, uh, the new Hanoi was that was only one rehearsal. We did one demolition twenty three. You know, we don't want to you know over rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, still, I mean, you know, that was enough. Uh, the first day, well, the second day of uh, the the original lineup at Hanoi, that that's when I could really tell that Sammy and Jip were locking in, and it was really. I thought, okay, this is going to be really good, and uh, and and we were just going to, you know, let's see what happens, and uh, you know, the press conference. Uh, people were asking, of course, so oh, how how is it between you? Of course, everyone's going like, so I didn't you used to have arguments and fights and. 
Didn't you audition wrestle when you auditioned wrestle that was behind Jip's back, right? Some guys are like, Are you serious? Are you like, what are you about? What are you like 15 or something? Like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, come on, yeah, or like yeah, don't tell Jip, you know. And and somebody said, So how is it between you and Andy now uh, after all these years that you've been like, you know, like as the best of enemies and the worst of friends? Is well, between us, uh, there's about half a meter now, you know, it's just like <laughs> so. So, but it was it was funny, uh, and it was so so cool to you know forty years we haven't seen each other, and and then to play together, it just like just all it came back, you know, the magic, and and we really had a lot of love between Jip and uh, the rest of us, uh, the, the band had, you know, uh, from whatever re the reasons that you know Jip was not in a good place at at the time when Razzle Razzle was determined to join the band. I mean, mm -hmm. he just like. He was harassing us and bombarding us. That you know, where's your drummer? I'll break his legs. Drummer. <laughs> so, uh, and as it turned out, and that's, and we were actually at a kind of low point at that time. And so, Russell came in. Russell joined the band. Really brought in the, the spirit again. And he was like, like in in the, the slap shot, the Paul Newman movie. Uh, you know, before the shows, he was like, "Oh, kill, kill, you know, cream the motherfuckers." And, and he had that attitude, and it was like that really brought the band back to life. But, but Jip was always a great drummer and a great friend, and uh, and and really was really heartwarming. And even, even you know afterwards, we talked on the phone, and he was saying how just how nice the whole vibe was, and how what and how everybody's so nice, and it was such a great because he never. I mean, we talked in uh, in December. Uh, we were talking, and he was just. We actually had a. a uh, there's a documentary movie in the making uh, of uh, of me and uh, we were interviewing him for that too. And he was saying in that interview that oh, he just hopes that one day maybe Andy and Mike could just like you know be in the same place. Because I hadn't seen Andy for like 12 years either until we went to the studio for the Oriental Beat uh, remix uh, for that one day because uh, to finalize it because uh, he was he had to he had a problem with actually. Maybe it was more about him not being involved. I mean, he was he was involved. I was sending the mixes to everyone, but Sammy had been in the studio with me a couple of days. So, right. and Andy actually had a couple of good points uh, about this. Uh, he brought he he it, it was uh, there was an uh, improvement uh, when after the the one day that we got together. But that was like the first time I'd seen him for 12, 12 13 years. So I, I called him. Okay. Let's get uh, you want to uh, you got a problem with the mix? Uh, any whatever's wrong? Let's let's just. Why don't we just go to the studio together, and then you let me know what you think and uh, what, what we can change. And he actually had some good points and uh, uh, good ideas and stuff. So, and then after that, it was it was ready to be mastered and, and all. But uh, yeah, it was such a warm feeling and it was very and all the all the phases of my career were presented in Demolition Twenty Three. It was a killer. Some people had think that's their favorite part was Demolition Twenty Three. That was such a bang bang, you know punk in your face and, uh, and right i mean that that's something that i could we could even consider doing doing another uh maybe a few more gigs you know i mean the hanoi thing was that was a one-off you know definitely that was just uh that was beautiful as it was and uh people said okay so now they're gonna go on tour right and i says no we're not no plans not nothing like that i says at this point at this point of our lives i would say if somebody only if somebody would offer us a million euros per person uh, then we might discuss it. And then maybe we could talk. That would be like well-deserved uh, retirement fund, or what? Or, or you know, it would be nice to know not having to worry about your income for the rest of your life. Oh, that'd be a nice feeling too. But you know, not no. Uh, there's no reason to really. I mean, that, this was only for the. This was for the right reasons. For just just for the fun and for the for the fans and and for for us to see what it would feel like and and we i mean we five of us started the band and when we started and it was so it was, it was kind of like a closure too you know really i'm really happy that you're not and that and that's what i was thinking about too was that like you know there's always been tension between creative people and it's no lie that you know there was tension between you and Andy, but then again, there was also tension between Joe Perry and Steven Tyler and all these other, you know, these dynamic duos. But what a great thing to be able to do one show and have everybody together, getting along, happy. You know, it it, it was also one of those moments where the music was more important 
than the people who are making it because, you know, those songs being played by Hanoi Rocks was what needed to happen. And why even think of ruining that memory if you did a tour and something went bad? Like, I would think I would want my last memory of Hanoi Rocks to be that. Yes, exactly. Not like a tour where everybody hated each other by the end of the tour. Yeah, 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 exactly. It would be, it's too special and too precious to to ruin it by something like that. And uh, and, and no, money is not worth it or no, there's no, there's no other re- valid reason for it. And as it was, uh, it was really so so nice to see that. And the, the, the night, I mean, the, the, the ice hall was like, they usually, the, the amount of people that they fit in there is normally like 7,000, 7,300 tops. So then after the news came out, it was like the tickets went like the, the next afternoon. I think they, they sold out and their people were like, oh, they need, you know, they, they had to like, they made more space, more, more seats, uh, limited uh, vision, uh, limited uh, uh, visibility uh, seats. Uh, they had more over 8,000 people packed to the hill. The whole place was like totally packed up. And uh, the energy and the vibe was, it was a beautiful, warm feeling. And people, they were just like, ah, here it is. And I was like, okay, here it is. And it, and it was, it was still like nice. I mean, I, I think the guys, everybody looks sort of, uh, it's not like we're old, you know, old and beat up and okay, you know, we're doing, uh, let's do this for just because we, uh, for money or for some, for the wrong reasons. It was just, it was for the right reasons and everybody was just so into it, so happy about doing it. And I, I did uh, send this email to everybody, except Andy, Andy doesn't re- do emails either. You know, I just, I told him separately, but I said like, whatever differences we have, I mean, it wasn't only between me and Andy, also Nasty and Andy and, every, and Sammy, everyone's had their, Andy's a, not the easiest guy in the world to to deal with, but you know everybody has their flaws and uh, reasons, and there's all kinds of things. But there's been situations where you know, I mean, when I first presented the idea to Nasty, he wasn't. He says he, he had actually decided he never wanted to see Andy again <laughs> <laughs> as long as he lived. So, I, but he was willing to rise above it for this. He says like, I'll do it for you. At first, he said, so, you know, okay, I could do it if you for you as your birthday." president and then he, but, but he got so he was so into it i mean that was we i just wrote this email i said let's just whatever differences we may have had or or have let's just rise above all that and let's not ruin one one minute of this precious time that we have together it's a very short period of time that we're going to have to spend together you know we're going to do a press conference see each other for just going to be an, a couple of hours only and then two rehearsals and then the gig and there's not not a lot of time to even be together. There's no time for any bullshit, so to speak. <laughs> so let, let's just, let's just like rise above all, leave all the differences for just for this time, so we can enjoy it to the fullest and and make the most of it. And it just like really, really make uh, have it have it be uh, as special and as as nice it, as it can be. And everybody was uh, really and and you know and it behaved himself like uh, I was. The people were concerned, and I thought, "Oh, yeah, what is he going to do? Is he going to even be able to stand up because his reputation and all?" And I was like, "So I was like, I told them now, now you can prove everybody wrong. All these people are always keep on saying, okay, what is he going to be? Is he going to show up even?' And 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 that you know, now we can show everybody how you could be a, what a pro you are, and what we all we can all make it, you know, and not look like a like like a you know a awkward kind of." Uh, rehashing something from the past that it, it was like it was, it was just like really everybody felt it felt you know like rejuvenated and nasty was on fire he was like really into like, <laughs> you know and you you were talking about how like it how long it had been since some of them had actually played well first off um i need to try to get in touch with jip because i really want to have him on my show because oh, yeah. he sounded like he had just he'd been playing those songs for 40 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he yeah. didn't miss a beat and his style, kind of like what you were talking about with Razzle. Razzle is more of like a hard rock, kind of a punk punchy, you know? Yeah. And Jib has this, like you said, Charlie Watts kind of kind of swing. And yeah. I think it lended itself so perfectly to the sound, if that makes it like I think Razzle would have yeah. been thrilled to see that, you know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. He was there in spirit too. And it was very, I was very aware of that. And it was nice family kind of vibe thing and the, the vibe. And the, yeah, I mean, Jip was the tempos. And I was like, oh, we were, I was a little, I always like kind of, I look at Sammy and, you know, I, sometimes I, I would go like, shouldn't it be faster? Well, you know, but he was, it was in the pocket and and I'm going like, even the beginning of don't you ever leave me. I'm just going like, uh, uh, you know, let's, and I was kind of like going like that, and then when I was look at the video later on, I was like, "Oh, it was just, it was just right that uh, it could have been even, uh, you know, a, a tad slower, and it would have been fine. That uh, that uh, it was more like on the verge of being too fast, that, uh, uh, rather than so I, I had nothing to worry about with the tempos. I mean, Jib had it; it was in the pocket. He had it; he had it down. Him between him and Sammy, it was, it was everything just fell into place in a really nice way, and it was like I always. Then take a deep breath and say, yes, we're grooving. And in the, and the, it's more mm -hmm. important to have the groove and especially a big place. The bigger the place, the more more you want to give time to people and, more, the, and the, the less uh, fast the tempos should be, uh, you know, because uh, it, it translates way better and, 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 and the groove is in, 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 the, in the right tempo. So anything becomes too fast, very quickly, you know, gets out of hand and uh, and you lose the groove so it was it was so nicely in in, in pocket and and the, and the way in the rehearsal when I was, wow the way he plays it's just just remembering how how what a great style jip jip really mm -hmm. had and a band like ours who many made many people may have mistaken for as a as like a heavy metal or you know i mean we are hard rocking band with rock and roll band with like no limits with the our style of defied all categories uh, from, mm -hmm. played anything from calypso to punk to you know the, that was the best thing about hanoi too it, uh, it's so unique and different and totally had our own style and the guitar playing i must say now with the oriental beat now that we found the tapes and we've got a chance to remix the album uh andy and nasty uh, amazing guitar playing the, the way they're weaving as in like, mm -hmm. like keith richard says the weaving with ronnie wood and keith uh have their you know the way they play two guitars together or or Malcolm Young Angus Young that kind of thing they just like took it to another level on the, I mean their own kind of way of doing the same thing but magical uh on the new mix remix of Oriental uh, Beat now you could really tell because you could separate the guitars I mean even in motivating the original mix had you know there's two guitar parts that Andy did were quite similar but they're like one is nasty I think is in the middle and Right, and that and Andy's on both sides of the same kind of part. It's just like it's not, it it's totally like the guy uh, totally uh, missed the the whole guitar aspect of Hanoi and and everything else too. So now you can really tell what they're doing. It's some amazing parts, and what Andy does on Teen Angels Outsiders, like he's just that that figure that he's doing, it's like whoa, really amazing, uh, really artful and. A, a, a unique kind of guitar playing in, uh, in rock and roll. What a great rock band that was, really. Well, you know, and that's the other thing too is the with the remix of Oriental Beat is that, especially you know, as a fan who has all the albums, I remember having that. I was just listening to it a couple nights ago because I wanted to refamiliarize myself with the with the mix, knowing that the new one's coming out. And it definitely sounded like there were things that got lost, you know, like like that it didn't have your vision. Did did that original mix affect how you looked at the songs? Like, in other words, like hearing the mix, did it make you not like some of the songs or were you just like, OK, I can get past this? Well, it, it may have. It, uh, I can't say for for sure, but it may. It, it, yeah, it, well, definitely made made me and, and even Andy said it that he didn't even want to listen to the album much. Uh, and for sure, yeah, that that mix made me not want to really hear that album that much, mm -hmm. even though the songs there were some brilliant songs on it. Because of that mix, uh, it, it was always kind of like okay, you know, really don't don't want to hear it. I'd rather play them live and. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we always wanted to remix it, and thinking we thought that the the, the tapes were lost, we were devastated in the uh, early '90s when the Guns N' Roses re-released the, uh, they, the or they released the uh, European catalog in on the Uzi Suicide label in the States. Yeah, so we were gonna. That's when we said we, we all said, okay, let's remix uh, Oriental Beat and make it sound like it should. 
and then the Finnish label, the guy, uh, the Finnish label said that he sent, he had sent the original tapes to someone to remix in, in Germany, and they they got lost. I was like, well, how can how is that possible? You didn't have to make safety copies, and right, so, yeah. So we we're like, oh god! So now we can't even remix it. But then, as it turned out, you know, luckily. A few years ago, I got a tip from somebody, and they were at the Universal Music, who owns that stuff now, Universal. In their vault, somebody had seen some multi-track tapes, and uh, says, like, really? So I called the head of the label and it, as, uh, of uh, Universal, and I said, can you have somebody take a photo of those tapes, please? And if it says, Advision Studios, London, those are the Oriental Beat tapes. And lo and behold, they were. I was like, wow! And so, And then... I mean, we started, we got in the studio and it was really interesting to hear this stuff and some, uh, you know, backing vocal tracks. You can hear me and Andy like talking in Finnish and English and, and say, okay, okay, here we go. And, and, and funny stuff. Uh, I mean, we did no overdubs uh, and no samples were used. I mean, we, the original sounds were good enough because I remember also us listening to the rough mixes on, on audio cassettes uh, when we had you know left the studio and uh, we were on tour. Uh, we were not there when the guy was mixing it, and right. we we thought it sounded you know good. The, the basic, so I knew that there was they were not recorded too badly. It was mm -hmm. just a mix that was for he was going for something really something different, something that we weren't, and he just didn't get the band. He the, the producer, and he obviously didn't get. I mean, we produced the first album ourselves, uh, so to speak, as much as whatever we knew. Uh, and me and Andy called ourselves the Muddy Twins, but it wasn't really Muddy at all. <laughs> I remember that, yes. <laughs> right? It was like a take on the Glimmer Twins, and so we were the Muddy Twins. But but it was a good sounding record. The first album sounded great compared to the this one and uh, with with the producer. So uh, and we would have been better off producing ourselves. But there was some, some tracks, I mean, I found... Uh, well, Oriental Beat is funny because the tempo, when you, beginning of from the beginning of the song to the end of it, it's like quite different. It's like speeds up, but it's great because it's natural, and that's that's that was the the you know the the fun about the band, and one of the best things about the band is spontaneous and the excitement, young enthusiasm, uh, and we didn't have any click tracks and tuners either. We just tuned to a harmonica or piano, you know, by ear. And that's why some of the tunings are, well, even in the old, the early ACDC records, you, they're not exactly in the right key necessarily because they're, you know, played by ear. So, but that's what makes it great, you know, like and special because there's something about being able to hear imperfections in music because it's natural. Because one of the things I was super excited to ask you about with this mix was that so you really got to get into the studio and listen to these tapes untouched. Like, yeah. what what did you go into saying, like, OK, we want to change this whole thing? What were you most excited to change sonically about the mix that wasn't there before? I think mainly the guitars, first of all, to have uh, have them be as in like motivating separate. Um, when I heard what was there, I was like, wait a minute, this is like crazy that. Andy's guitar, almost the same parts as on both sides, and Nasty in the middle, that should be like, Andy's part should be one, and then Nasty on the other side, That's then they're weaving, and that that was no-brainer, and that's the way it should be. Can we make it like that? And then we had to just choose what, which one of the of Andy's tracks we would use, because they were almost identical, but, but still. So having that, and then have the drums and bass and everything clear and separated, and have the guitars like the band is in front of you, and and Petri Mayuri, the the guy who was mixing it, he's uh, he's, he's really good. I mean, he he put the thing in the desk, and he already already did some pre work before you know I got in the studio. And and then Sammy came in with me for a couple of two days, I think he, he came up in the, with me to the studio. Yeah, we did two days together, and and then then it was it was great already then. And uh, but then Andy had a problem. I think it was more about him not having been in the studio than the sound. So it was maybe. It, partly because of that but as it turned out i finally i i hadn't seen him for 12 13 years like i said and you know we had no reason to since we finished the the reborn the rebirth of hannah the the second you know the, the 2000 2009 when we finished that uh i hadn't seen him since then and uh, uh we talked on the phone uh once in a while but then i decided to call him and just said 
I said, you know, let's, you have a problem with the mix? Uh, let's go in the studio. Let's get together, go to the studio, and then you tell me what you want. You know, and then we'll get it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. You know, it's mm -hmm. not going to go forward. And uh, it's too great to to let this, you know, uh, slip through our fingers because of some stupid reason. And, uh, you know, there's no reason why not. He says, oh, yeah, that's what I've been saying. Oh, I wanted to do that all along. I said, okay, well, let's go. So we hooked up and went to the studio. And he actually had a couple of really good points. Uh, he suggested some distortion added to the sax and some of the Angels outsiders somewhere, which I said, are you sure? Okay, let's try it. Said, yeah, that sounds better. That's good. And uh, the kick drum in uh, uh, Sweet Home Suburbia, it's like, yeah, the kick drum is like, keeps the, uh, you know. That's my favorite song on the album, by the way. Yes. Oh, cool. All right. I love that song. Yeah, I was excited. I'm excited to hear that new mix because that was one of those things where like, you know, as a fan, I can be 100% honest. I listened to that album and every time I listened to it, I go, oh, man, if it just sounded better, like these songs would pop so much more. On that song, it's it's interesting because I was always, I always thought the the re, after the first chorus when the, the intro the re-intro comes in mm -hmm. it doesn't have the riff you know yep. the original version does it down 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 yeah yeah it's like typical it was like it was left off and we didn't think about it the the producer didn't think of it you know and later on listen to it for years i'm thinking why is that that should be there why, why is, there's just it's just the rhythm guitars so that was one thing i wanted to fix and uh petrus you know uh, the petri Meyer, the engineer he was like he said well you know the tempo is it might be because we i said why don't we copy and paste copy it from the intro and that just uh, just the second half of it and fly it fly it into the Second, uh, the re-intro to have it there as well. He said, "I don't know if it's going to work because the tempo changes, because it's not in click track, you know, in the Pro Tools." So I said, "Oh, I'm sure it's going to work. Are you going to make it work? I'm going. You know, let's just try it. It doesn't have to be exactly. As long as it's there, man, it has to be there. Just, just, just get it in there and make it work. Yeah, put it in there, and see what happens. And it's close. It's going to be close enough. And it was. It was great. You know, now it's there. It's like." Finally, <laughs> so that was one thing I was really excited and happy about. And and then the, and the, when I heard the guitar playing, uh, it just reminded me what was some some outstanding guitar work from both Nasty and Andy. The way how great they were together, maybe overlooked by a lot of people. People more into I mean the the hoopla and all the all this hassle, all the stuff around the band that uh, overshadows what great music there was and great playing and, uh, and the chemistry and all. So. And the drums, well, one one challenge was uh, the only um, motivating the. I think the producer may have tried to tune the floor tom to the note of uh, the beginning of uh, motivating, which is in G. Because it sounds like it's riding along with Sammy's bass line. That yeah, yeah. And it was so it was tight. It was so high that I mean the bass the, the floor tom was like. Uh, tuned higher than the, the than the rack tom. The, the drums. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, we had to try. That was the biggest challenge to get get you know punched into that. You know, get get the oomph into that sound. So, and and it's crazy if if we try to tune it to G, it's, it's stupid because then when the verse comes in, it goes up to A anyway. So, <laughs> so I don't know whatever he was thinking. It was it was crazy, but we got that that we yeah, and then. Uh, we managed to get that sounding good enough, and and the high high you know the hi hat I was trying to, it was we couldn't couldn't put too much high end and stuff because something something else would leak in you know, like the the hi hat would stand out step mm -hmm. too much, uh, uh, so we, it was a really there was a fine line what you could do and there was a bit of a limit in in that way that uh, you couldn't brighten it up too much because then then something else would like jump out too much like the hi hat. Uh, but uh, mostly it was it was it was cool to also be uh, able to fix the vocal um, uh, in uh, Oriental Beat. There were four songs that had an alternate vocal track that he hadn't wiped out. That guy, you know, that, that there were there was like an oh, wait a minute, is it an alternate track? Yeah, let me hear it. And, and Oriental Beat had you know that scream in the beginning that wow, that's from the alternate track that was there. So I was like. Oh, put that in the beginning. That's cool. You know why not? That was there, and then I I, I took I heard like the choices this producer had made. Obviously, he had made, made a lot of bad choices, and and in this case also, I, I used 
I would say approximately about one third of the the other vocal track I put into the the new mix has, you know, and right some lines, you know, like I am ten thousand miles away. Uh, some note even that I sang differently in one of those. Uh, I know where I forgot what it was, but there was there was there was some many better lines and 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 uh, moments in in the alternate in the unused vocal track on Oriental B, and. Teenagers Outsiders was another one that had an alternate vocal track of which I used the best parts. And I forgot which the other two were um, now. But, um, and the track uh, track listing also, I thought that... Um, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Sweet Home Suburbia. Also, the the middle part, the spoken part, when I was like, I, I, I don't know, Andy says, sister. It goes like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna snort it clean tonight. I said we're gonna snort it clean tonight. I'm yeah. Sorry. So none of that was like audible. You couldn't really tell what it was. It was like mumbling, you know, in the original, the first mix. So uh, that was cool to I guess, put on like like that. And I never really heard that line very well until I heard it on headphones one time, and I was like, "Whoa, uh -huh. is that what he's saying?" You know. So it's gonna be neat to hear it. Yeah. Now we could put it there. I even did put in the lyrics of the the album, uh, the vinyl and the CD cover of the lyrics, and uh, I wrote it the the spoken parts in there, so people know what it, what it says. I'm smoking, and and sister, uh, we're gonna snort it clean tonight. Snort it and clean. I, I face the guys, the chorus is give me drugs, give me sex, give me drugs, give me everything. You know, so so you know, say it like it was. You know, not trying to censor anything or or hide, and you know. I mean, that was part of the original song anyway. So you know, you, you're you. You know, your point was not to go in and edit for content. It was to go in and edit for sound. So why would you change something? No, yeah, of course it wouldn't change. I mean, you know, I, I was just wanted to bring all the cool stuff out that was there and, and have it be heard and have people hear what a what great. I mean, there were such great songs that now now it would the sound would do the songs justice. And that was that was the whole thing. So uh very excited to do to find and and to uh have that you know there's some synthesizer parts oh yeah and a visitor and uh yeah um a lot of saxophone i was surprised i forgot how many sax solos there are on the album but then also there were some songs that faded was uh no lower order that that was the fade in the original mix and uh, we thought yeah wait a minute it goes on and yeah let's let's leave the ending as it is and uh also, Teen Angels Outsiders, I think it was, uh, was that was a fade too. I think the original one is there's a, I used to do, yeah, yeah, we have the ending there. So the, the instead of a fade on that one too. And having um, some, I had a harp, you know, that when the, the harp that I was playing was a little out of tune. It's one, that one note that was in uh, Devil Woman, I'm not going to, that note was a, so we tuned that, tuned that, because I had an old harp. I couldn't afford to buy a new one. So that's at the time, you know. So that's something that we we tuned up. And, and even in uh, motivating when I had so faster, putting a little tuner, then that helped that too. Even though the the old harp was out of <laughs> out of tune, uh, so things like that we were able to fix uh, using the modern technology, so to speak, with the right in the, in the right way. Uh, we decided from the beginning and we're not going to re-record anything and uh, just have it as it is. And we knew since we had those first mixes on the audio cassettes back in the day, I remember we us digging it, digging those. Uh, uh, I wish I had those again. Still, uh, well, it doesn't matter now because we have the album sounding as good as it was supposed to than it should have. So, so little things. Uh, it was it was really really great to see be able to. Uh, Fix that uh, re-intro and uh, Sweet Home Suburban, uh, have the guitars. I have all everything sound as as clear as it did, and uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised, and uh, that it was um, it was it, it was it was easier than I expected uh, in a way that it was recorded. Luckily, it was recorded that much that good enough, well enough, so uh, we were able to just bring out the best in it. And uh, we thought, well, I thought so. I knew it was a good record, you know. <laughs> Some of my favorite albums are like the ones that like you listen to and you're like, this is a great collection of songs. But if it sounded just a little better, you know, like the songs would be even that much better. And so, like, I love the fact 
that you guys have had the ability to go in because kind of like what you were talking about with the live show, this is some nice closure for you with this album. So you're never going to have to like, you're not going to have to go to the grave going, Oh, fucking Oriental beat. I wish it sounded better. Yeah, exactly. We're like, now you're going to look back and go, that's the, wow. That's the album I wanted. Yes, exactly. 40 years later, like we say, it's the 21st century edition, uh, the uh, 40th anniversary, 20, 21st century edition, R-E in brackets, A-L mix, the real mix, we call it. And uh, and it, it was, uh, yeah, a closure for sure. And uh, thank God. And 40 years later, I, I, I keep joking about it, saying like, this is the longest and slowest album project I've ever done. 40 what? years in the making until we got started the way we wanted. That even, I mean... Chinese democracy, Guns N' Roses, is nothing. That's only 10 years. This was 40 years. <laughs> 40 years in the making. Uh, that is probably the world record, don't you think? Well, the one song we did not touch was uh, Fallen Star. That was fine. It was just a piano and vocal. And uh, that was actually the... We listened, there was like four different takes and some of them were like not all the way finished. And uh, so uh, the guy must have put something together. Uh, we were trying to we were trying to see if we could be better, but we decided it was fine as it was. So that that's just remastered. As it, we just tweaked it a little. Uh, uh, but that was that was something that just turned out to be, be better to uh, leave it as it was. Uh, there was something magical about it, so we didn't want to mess with it. So we left that as it was, and it was an amazing piece. I mean, Andy was like fourteen when he just wrote that and. I dedicated it to uh, dedicated it to Mary Pickford, you know, because my American sweetheart. And I was like, I always loved her, and I thought that she was amazing. Uh, I was a fan of her, so I uh, dedicated it to her. And I sang that at the uh, 60th birthday. It was great to sing it live because it was years, and it was one of my favorite moments. And people really, oh, because I, I don't remember ever singing it live uh, since the album, you know. Right. Somebody said I had done it some, but the, in the two thousands somewhere, but I can't remember. And it, to me, that was like the first time I really I sang mm-hmm. that, and uh, that was really special too. Um, and this track listing was the other thing. I mean, the, the producer who mixed this, he chose to, to, the track listing and starting with motivating. Okay, it's an okay to start it, but Oriental Beat title track, this that strongest track. There's like the B, third song on the B side. Hidden there, it was like what? What? What's the point? And that when that comes in, it's like an alarm. It's like a siren, or uh, you know, uh, something. It makes you feel like wow. Okay, this starts. It comes in with the blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, it's like there's a you know uh, uh, some kind of yeah. We have arrived. You know, it's it's, it's the moment where that song it was a no brainer. We should start with Oriental Beat, the title track. And the whole, it's a great rocker with, with many parts, but still not too many, not, not too much of a mishmash. It's just really, all the parts are, it rocks like, like fuck, like I say. And uh, really has all the ingredients. And then motivating as the second song, perfect. Boom, boom, bam, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Totally perfect the, uh, to me and the, the track listing. We, we tried a few things and um, I I ended up with this uh, and uh, checked, uh, and law, no lower order. That's also a, a song that was hidden uh, to me on the, the B side I thought that was perfect as the third mm-hmm. song then back into a rocker teenage was outsiders then sweet home suburbia and then B sides with motorcycle baby and then visitor visitor uh, was uh, on the A side and I think that's a B side kind of song it's different it's cool it's strong but uh, it's it was better on the B side now uh, that's that was second song of the on the B side it's the second song and then so don't follow me on last two is you know oriental beat motivating no lower order teenagers outsiders sweet home suburbia then b-side motorcycle baby visitor then don't follow me then yeah. like them blues then devil woman and fallen star that's the, the track listing it changes the flow of the album but kind of like you said like much like with the mix is that it gave you an opportunity to not only have it sound the way you want but have it flow the mm-hmm. way you probably heard it you know yeah initially yeah, there was concern that uh, somebody said uh, uh, Richard Bishop, the manager, Zeppo's partner, he he was involved uh, also. He said he thought, you know, too many that, you know, the, the even out the sides, you know, it's Oriental Beat and motivating on one side that you're giving away all the, the best, the strongest rocker. He thought teenagers outside it should have been a B-side or something. But I I checked it out and I disagreed. And I, I think it, it carries itself greatly because 
Now with visitor being so different, it maintains keeps keeps the interest and in, uh, and the intensity all the way to the end. It really has a great flow now. It's, it's just uh, perfectly in place. So I'm happy with. I'm I'm totally excited, and uh, we're all really happy that this is happening now, <laughs> forty years later. It's been a uh, last year was quite incredible. I mean, you know, must say, and uh, really happy. Yeah, it's a good shows with my own own band and. My band is so great. I mean, we're going on tour on Sunday. We're going to Monday playing uh, opening for Black Star Riders with Scott Gorham. And, and, oh, know, those, yes. Yeah. 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 And Phil Campbell's Bastard Sons. Uh, they play first, then Michael Monroe, and then Black Star Riders. Oh, that's good. That's going to be a great show. Yeah. There's two weeks in in the UK starting on Monday. And uh, so my band is, I love my guys and I love my band. We have great chemistry and, uh, I live too fast to die young. The last album, I think it's one of the best ones. People think it's one of the best, if not the best I've done. And it's nice to know that I'm still creating good stuff. And that's what I strive for is to stay hungry, to try to get better. And you're never good enough. It's always room for improvement, which is great. That keeps me hungry. And, you know, so uh, it was really nice to have this nostalgic thing with Hanoi and all that, uh, People ask, oh, yeah, you guys going to tour more? I said, no, 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 leave it as it was. That's That was the one special thing. And uh, uh, and now, you know, I mean, Demolition 23, those shows could be, we could maybe do some more of those maybe someday, but uh, uh, that could be something to consider. But some people had thought that was their favorite part of the show, the 60th mm -hmm. birthday show. But uh, I think all of it was great. And, you know, I'm happy to be where I'm at. And uh, this has been a really nice thing that happened uh, to have that album and, and exactly 40 years later, 40 year anniversary. What a better way to, to have it, have it, um, have that, that thing fixed, that flaw, that thing that we always, always wanted to do. And uh, the way it came together and the way the Hanoi original lineup reunion came together naturally, there was, there was no planning. It just came out, uh, out of, uh, it's, it's just, you know, developed into that situation in a natural way. So it's, it's the best way for things to happen. So, uh, and it wasn't like we were all beat up with stuff. Like I said, it was, everybody was like really excited about it. And I think everybody looked good too. It didn't look like we're, you know. No, that was the thing, man. You guys came out looking as good as you did in, you know, 82, you know I mean? If you've got good energy and, and you put on a good performance, that surpasses age. I mean, look at the Stones, right? Right, exactly. Mick Jagger... Yeah, Keith, they're they're great great inspiration, you know, for for them to go and what is it, seventy six now or something, and he's still mm -hmm. there doing it, it's, you know, as great as ever. And wow, that is a great inspiration. That also keeps me going. On. And what Alice said to me, I was like, yeah, you're right. I feel better than ever. Not really a question, but I just wanted to make a statement, and that is that Hanoi Rocks is a huge part of my life and to get to talk to you and tell you and to also hear the stories was incredible, but also mm -hmm. your solo career has been a huge thing. Not faking it. Nights are so long. Like those two albums you have, you have set yourself up so well to have such a good solo career that Panoi not reuniting or whatever. It's still great to know that you're out there and playing music and making music and, uh, I just wish you'd come to the States, man. That's right. Me too. I believe me. I wish I would too. I would, you know, it's, it's just, uh, being, it's even hard for big bands, like, you know, for, for like Slash and you know, even, you know, Def Leppard and those guys, they do like package tours and mm -hmm. they're really, because rock and roll is not, you know, happening that much anymore. Or mm -hmm. it's, it's like hip hop and country mostly. And, and, so it's just the way it is. And uh, for us to, for our situation, uh, you know, we've, we've done some tours there for a month or two and uh, just doing, playing to a couple of few hundred people a night. It's such a big space. I mean, we would have to open up for a big stadium band for, for a, year, a couple of years and then maybe people would notice. And, mm -hmm. and it's just like, you know, you spend a lot of money and uh, you don't make enough to make it worthwhile. So unfortunately it's a, it's a tough one, but I would love. It. I mean, people appreciate good guitar, rock and roll, and it's like part of the culture in the states, and that's why I loved it. I loved it yeah. there when I was in New York. The ten years I lived in there, I love America, and I, I really wish my, myself. You know, I wish we could get on tour there. And uh, well, maybe one day uh, we'll get to open for somebody, somebody you know, big, and uh, do uh, 
uh, get to play to all the people there because I know the kind of music my band plays will go down well in America. People love good, genuine guitar, rock and roll, and uh, this is this is the real deal, you know. Call Axel and be like, put us on tour, man. <laughs> Axel, we will the best of friends, and uh, we have been. And when I lived in America, but when I moved out of America, I kind of lost contact with him. So I've been, you know, I mean, I talked to uh, Dauphin uh, slash more. Uh, so I mean, for, but uh, I'm hoping that one day we'll reconnect in a, in the same way because we had a great, great friendship and uh, and uh, he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, he's a really uh, special person. Man. Axel, if you're listening to this, call Michael. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I had a, we we had some great times, and I think he's a he's such a. I mean, we had some great great conversations, and he had. Uh, uh, we always when he came to New York, we had to dinner, and we had really, really intense stuff. Uh, you know, spiritual, and and uh, you know, at least with me, and uh, when we had you know, our talks, we had some cool discussions, and really, really. Uh, really a special person he is and i'm so glad that guns N' roses are as big as they are and that full fighters are as big as they are and 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 you know uh good rock and roll is still there out there you know and there's millions of people who still love it because otherwise we'd be screwed you know and, and the stones and the acdc they're still going and good rock and roll you know we're trying to keep it alive in this day and age and uh you know it's uh it, it's great that I'm, I'm so happy that they're still doing it uh we're, we're doing our best and i'm doing my part as long as we're alive, rock and roll is alive and well. Well, Michael, you are such an incredible person to talk to, and you're so humble and so kind. And and congrats, congratulations on the uh, the real mix. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, Michael. It's it's been it's been a pleasure, real honor. Likewise, man. It's great talking to you, man. All the very best. <laughs> <laughs>